Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Smoke Sessions. Musin Yesolada. Virajacharya. How are you? I'm all right, mate. How are you? I'm well. I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. What's new with you? Not much. Are you happy? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've had a tiring week, but yeah. so far so good. We've been a little bit, you know, kind of hectic with all of these recordings, but we're getting into a back into the flow of things. I've been in a philosophical mood. Tell me. I've got a few things I want to get off my chest. This is going to be a therapy session almost. I like therapy sessions. As usual. So, here's what's happened recently. So, I was in a comedy competition mm -hmm. called the UK Student Comedy Awards, yeah. right? And I was in the semi-finals. And I thought the semi-finals went very well. I had a very good set. I liked my chances because I am a very confident individual, yeah. right? And I'm always a... Um, a glass half full kind of guy. Fair enough. The results come out. I didn't make the finals. Oh, you didn't make it? I didn't make the finals. And I was gutted. I was really Wait, gutted. Wait, this is the one you, you did the other week? Yep. At the stage? Yep. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was gutted, mate. Why didn't you tell me? I thought I did. <laughs> Turns out I didn't. <laughs> well, you know, getting through to you, like I tried setting up a meeting with one of your secretaries and... <laughs> Unfortunately, you were you were busy. Um, I got through to your secretary's secretary. Yeah. So hopefully next time I can get through to the secretary, and maybe if I'm lucky, the secretary will pass me. You know, to you the head can office. just text me directly. You can text. I, I want to go down the formal channels. You know, I don't want to cut anyone off. I know you're a busy man. <laughs> but I didn't get through, right? And I was gutted. Why? Because the prize was getting to the finals meant you perform at Latitude Festival. And big comedy thing. Latitude Festival is one of the biggest music festivals in the country. And they also have a comedy tent that has 3,000 people. And the headliner was Russell Howard, who oh, I admire wow. a lot. And one of my close comedian friends, Omar, he's on it. Shout out Omar. He's in, the, he's, on, he's in the festival because of a competition win last year. Fair play, Omar, you legend. And I really wanted to do it. I really wanted to do it, and it didn't happen. And... I felt really frustrated and disheartened. Like really frustrated and disheartened. Like you know those like when you're just like screaming into a pillow like, oh, like frustration, right? So what, you're just gonna quit comedy now? No, I'm not, of course not. But it was, it was one of those moments where I was like, I felt like I deserved it for whatever reason and it didn't happen. And it just felt like a huge failure, right? And I've been thinking about it a lot recently as to why I was feeling like that. And I even watched a few videos on like failure and your perceptions on failure and stuff. And- Shit, this really actually- Yeah, yeah, it got to me. It really got to me. And I, what I realized by thinking about it more is the reason I feel like this is because my priorities were messed up. Okay. My motivations were messed up. Break it down for me. What were the priorities that you had in mind and what were the real priorities? My self-worth for the last few weeks was uh -huh. tied into getting to the next round. Right. I check my emails way more often than I usually do, just waiting to hear the results, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like thinking about like, you know when you're driving and you're thinking about how amazing it would be if I was at Latitude Festival 
and all the good stuff that would come with getting to the final, right? And I realised that's not why I got into comedy. I didn't even know comedy competitions existed when I got into comedy, mm-hmm. right? And what I realised is, is that my whole self-worth for the last few weeks was tied into doing well in this thing rather than just fundamentally doing it because I enjoy stand-up. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. And it got me thinking about other successes I've had in my life and other failures I've had in my life mm-hmm. and how at the time I thought it was the end of the world but that's because I was so zoomed in at that particular situation and at the time you don't have the perspective to see how this builds into the, the whole narrative of your life and I remember when I was in going into sixth form right I applied to this college called Woodhouse College which in my area is quite a prestigious college right mm-hmm. I really wanted to go I didn't get in and I thought it was the, I remember sit, sitting in my, in my living room and just crying about it, thinking it was the end of the world and that my life was over. When in reality, like over 11 years on, didn't really matter, did it? Nope. But at the time, you think it's the end of the world, right? And then I was listening to some, I can't remember what it was, but someone said, there is no success without heartbreak. Think about everything you've been successful in your life. During that journey towards success, there was no point, there was definitely a point where you were heartbroken at one point. Yeah, because it's all part of the journey. It's all part of that. The goal is never, for me at least, it's, it's never the, the end product of anything. It's always the point A to wherever it leads to. Yeah. And going through the motions of, of it all. It's why like, you know, sometimes you go to the gym, sometimes you don't. And I'm a failure when it comes to going to the gym and working out. But I like going on the journey of getting back into it, getting coming out, getting back into it for longer coming out. It's just the cycles of it are longer than usual. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, it was definitely that for me in the sense that I got so tied into the end result. Mm-hmm. I lost track of why I'm doing this in the first place. And how, in that moment, it feels like the end of the world. It's just only because I don't have perspective. In five years' time, I'll probably be looking back at where I'm at now in comedy and in my life. Mm-hmm. And I may be grateful that it worked, things worked out the way it did. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But in that moment, you don't have that foresight. Because you're so tied into that, that thing that you expect to happen. Was it one of those situations where you would, at any point during the show, I think we, when I was in India, we talked about this. And in, I was on the car on the way home from, uh, from my, yoga, uh, my yoga teaching course. And I said to you, listen, everything's going so well. Do you ever get the point in time where you feel like shit's going to hit the fan? Mm-hmm. And it's gone too good for too long. Yep. Was it one of those moments where things have gone too good and something bad needs to happen, but you were so invested in the, I need to get to the final round, I need to win this thing that you didn't see that coming. And it's like, well, it's just part of the journey. I get it. But it felt like the end of the world because it was like, in reflection, something bad needed to happen. I needed to get knocked back a couple pegs so that I can move forward. I'd say it more felt like 
I almost felt entitled that I should get through because I feel I thought I'm good enough to get through. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. Therefore, I should go through. When in reality, things don't always work out like that. And you have to check your own ego. And I wasn't checking my own ego. And I was angry about not getting through. I was like, I should be going through. I'm really good. Do you see what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. I remember when, I remember when you got off the semifinals and you were like, I came, you came second, right? What do you mean? The semifinals. Not the finals. The semifinals you did, right? For the show. Yeah. And you got through to the semis, but you didn't get through to the finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you were like a wild, a wild card, right? Yeah. But there was still the opportunity to get through. Yeah. And I remember you calling and saying, Are you like this, the opportunity's still there. I've got to wait on the email, blah, blah, blah. I didn't realize that it was, you were feeling like this. Yeah. I was really invested in it. Really invested in it. What made you realize that it's not the end of the world? In that moment, I knew how I was feeling was wrong. Uh-huh. But sometimes you just, sometimes you need someone to tell you what you already know. So I called up a few people, yeah. like comedian friends, my missus and stuff. And they said everything, got, basically what we're, this conversation we're having now. Mm-hmm. I just needed to hear it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. You've done it to me like yeah. a thousand times. Sometimes you just need to hear it, right, from someone else to make you feel better. And I also had a few conversations with comedians. Mm -hmm. And this is a tip for not just comedy, any walk of life, right? If you feel like something in your chosen career isn't going well, or you've had a shortcoming, speak to someone who's ahead of you in that career path, a senior manager, someone, a, a role model, a mentor of some sort, who has the foresight, the ability to look back on the whole journey and say, I know what path you're on, because I've been on that path, trust me, it's going to be fine. That's all you need to hear, right? Yes. That's it. Yes, because they've seen it. It's like when, so for example, I used to tutor my cousins for their GCSEs, and they'd be like, oh, if I don't do well in this, I'm like, trust me, I've seen this story. Even with my girlfriend, actually. So when my girlfriend finished her uni degree, Mm -hmm. she was really worried about never getting a job, right? It turned out she got a job within like two months of graduating, which is way above average, right? And she was still stressed out. And I kept saying to her, I was like, because I'm, I'm a few years older than my girlfriend, right? So I've, I've been on that. I've that seen, I've seen that seen play that out. Happen. And I was saying to her, trust me, people like you are fine. No one's worried about you because I've seen this story play out a million times. People like you are going to be fine, right? So when I spoke to people who have more experience in comedy and they kind of gave me advice along those lines of reassurance, because I respect them so much, it meant a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. So that really helped a lot. I also watched a, um, a video of Russell Brand, who's by trade a stand-up comedian. Yep. Who was in a competition. He was a finalist in a competition that I'm still in. My next round is in May, right? Mm-hmm. And he didn't win the competition. Right. Now, if you look at his year. That particular year where he didn't win. Yeah, yeah. where he didn't win. He was in the finals, didn't win, right? And this is, again, it's more of a matter of perspective than trying to disrespect anyone, right? But if you look at the person who won, didn't even recognize the name. Interesting. Russell Brand is now Russell Brand. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most recognizable names on the planet. But that comes back to the, I have, well, I say I, it's like the royal you, royal you. 
you need to have that self-belief that we were talking about last week mm -hmm. or that will be coming out at some point. You have a self-belief in yourself that I'm not attributing you to Kanye, but you have it. Like you have that innate understanding of yourself that I am good at what I am good at this. I'm going to keep going mm -hmm. irrespective of whether you get knocked back. Sure, you get knocked back a couple pegs, but then give it two months. Something else will pop up around the corner. Or mm -hmm. something else in your life that you're already doing will start doing well, right? I mean, at the end of the year, for the comedy show, my sole job in this whole production is to make sure we get the 500 people in a room. Mm -hmm. That's what we're aiming for. And you just forget about it as part of the bigger picture because you're so focused in on that moment. Mm -hmm. Like, I need this gratification of this final for me to accept that I'm doing well. No, Mus, you're doing amazing at what you do. Mm -hmm. Right? From the first video that, our first, first video, first stand-up comedy show that we ever did, uh, you ever did, that I saw you go to in the last year. That person and the person that I see doing certain shows now, insane. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's light years difference. And it's only been a short period of time in the grand scheme of things. And you have to remember stuff like that. In those moments, you have to, you have to look at the bigger picture when you feel knocked back, just sometimes you just gotta remember, all right, where did I start and where am I now? And remember, it's not necessarily about what you do in your chosen field, it's how you do it and how you felt while you were doing it. Yeah. There's no point becoming a CEO of a company if you hated your life every day. Nope. It, all the money in the world won't buy you happiness. Because when All you the money in the world won't do anything for you. What you've got going for you is the fact that you film or the stuff that you do is now filmed. Mm -hmm. So instead of you having to go back into the back of your mind and go, oh, I have to remember this, which is difficult to yeah. put yourself back in that moment, right? You can just look back on a video. Yeah, you can document it. Exactly. Like you can look back at a comedy show that you've done and you can, you can see, yeah, okay, wasn't great. And then you look back at the most recent comedy show that you did. Let's take it to semifinals. And you probably realize that you are actually amazing compared to that person. Yeah. And my thing is, my biggest challenge is how I control my, my ego, right? Because mm -hmm. I have a big ego. And I think sometimes egos get a bad rap, right? I do. You need ego. You absolutely need ego to give yourself the self-confidence and the self-drive to do a lot of the things you do, mm -hmm. right? If you don't believe in yourself, it's, it's cliche, but no one's going to believe in you. However, it's about learning to use your ego as your friend rather than your enemy. Just channeling it. When I was laying on my bed going, fuck, 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 like that, right? That's because my ego was being my enemy in that moment. I like the fact that you, they're two different people. Like, ultimately, the same person, yeah? But your ego doesn't always work for you. No. But it does help you get through certain moments in life. With you, it gets you up on a stage. Like, sometimes, I'm... Like, I don't know your brain. I know you well enough to know that you get a kick out of being on stage. You enjoy it, right? But you've got to the point in life when you do your normal shows that it is just, it's part of the process now, mm -hmm. right? If you want to remove ego from your life completely, go and be a monk. Yeah. Because that is probably one of the few ways that you're just going to be able to sit there and just do it. When you're living a normal life and you're doing certain things and you're trying to achieve certain goals and you're getting into finals and trying to move your career forward, you need the little kick that it provides, in my opinion, the adrenaline, 
you know, that keeps you ticking forward, the fact that you want to get better to keep you moving. Mm-hmm. And you do that. You do that. I do that. Ali does that. Our boys Tyler and everyone that was on the podcast, they do that. Whether they know it or not, that's different, but you've got a self-awareness to be able to, to do that now. And I'm guessing that's taken years to get to. It hasn't always been Musin ego. It's just been Musin. You now know how to, in my opinion, you, know that you now know how to channel it into your comedy, into your walks of life and the things that you do. Because you're hot shit, yeah? Like, you're actually good at this. Like, irrespective of us being partners in the what we do, me being your friend, like, at the end of the day, you could do this without any of us because you've got your inner drive. I don't need to tell you that. Sometimes I do, right? Moments like this. But you are very good at what you do. Yeah. And I will be your cootie, cookie, whatever, whatever the guy's name is, because... You don't know how to be it. You can't double hat both. It's mm. difficult. And sometimes having a person around that just sits there and goes, I'm going to invest in you, irrespective. I'm going to take my ego out the equation. I'm going to get the kick out that I need to get the kick out. And we're going to do this and we're going to make it amazing as possible. Mm-hmm. I'm here for that. Ali's here for that. Our other boys are here for that. I think in life you need a circle. You need Thanks. a group of people. You need a group of people you can trust who are going to be honest with you, right? And aren't going to let you get away with self-wallowing mm-hmm. and tell you what you want to hear. Yep. Like I remember once, I won't go into the details because it's an ongoing thing, but I was at a comedy show. Yeah. And the comedy show was running behind uh, the schedule. Was it our comedy show? No, 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 it wasn't. <laughs> right. And Ali was working the same event. Yeah. Right? For those who don't know, um, if you're just watching the first time, Ali's um, one of the guys who's solemnly on the podcast. Ali comes and goes. He's too busy eating. <laughs> um, and forgetting. And I was sitting there grumpy at the show, right? And Ali comes to me and says, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I can't be asked. I don't want to speak to anyone. I'm pissed off. I'm just going to do the show and go. And he goes, this is a good event. There's lots of interesting people here. Go network. And I, go, I really don't want to. And he goes, stop being a little... Oh, I remember this show. Stop being a little shit about it and just go speak to people. I did, and a really good, interesting opportunity yeah. came out of it. Now, if I had a friend who maybe is a little bit more shy around me, I'm like, oh, you just sit there. Yeah, I understand, man, whatever. Sometimes, sometimes you need it, right? I can, I can understand, you can't, you can't have every opportunity. You can't take seize every every single opportunity because sometimes it's just too bloody taxing. Yeah. But when someone else is there, you can lean on them. And Ali was there for you. Sometimes you need, just need people who can give you a clip around the ear and just say, "Get on with you, it. You need Come to on. crack on with it. Stop wallowing." You've you, both of you have done that to me a thousand times. My parents do it to me. My brother does it to me. But it's useful because mm-hmm. you sit there, you check yourself. They just it's a G check, and you're just like, "Okay, cool, fine." I put on a brave face. I put on a, a nice fancy tone, great. Like I went out the other day um, with someone new and I was absolutely knackered. Like I was falling asleep on the way up for dinner. I was like, I don't wanna do this, I just, I just don't. But I knew if I called any single one of you, you would have told me what I already know is, Virod, you're on the train, why don't you just go? Yeah. What are you going to do? do it. Go home now. Like, it'd be ridiculous. It'd be stupid. Yeah. 
Like I even, I, I did get to the point where I was like, if I, if I get to where I need to get to and that person isn't there, I'm, I'm going to wait five minutes. I'm going. Yeah. I had it all planned out. I was ready to miss the call and everything, but thankfully I went on it. It was just a very nice evening mm-hmm. with someone new, someone that I hadn't met before, someone that was, was interesting, someone that was a lovely human being. And it was just a very nice evening. Mm-hmm. But I'm, like I said, if I knew if I called you, you would have been, what are you doing? What are you thinking about? Viraj, stop being Viraj and just go and enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, have a glass of wine. Enjoy it. You're, you know you're in your element anyway. Enjoy. And, and you, you won't regret it once you're there. Exactly. And if you do regret it, at least you've met a new person. You understood a different character. And for me, yeah, sure, my life is very much, I try and make my life as optimised as possible. Sometimes you, you need to throw all of that out the window. Mm-hmm. Like, I am not just a machine. Do. Just do it. Mm. Get on with it. Suck it up. Have the late night. Get to work the next day. You know, it's interesting you say that, right? Because on my way to shows, and I've had this, I think about this a lot now, right? So my train station that connects me to London, because I don't live in London, yeah. it's three flights of stairs to get to the bridge that connects you to the platforms, right? And there's... <laughs> And and I'm quite and I'm quite chubby, yeah. You don't, you don't. And no, and there's a lift, but the lift doesn't work, right? Kind of like the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. So every time I walk up those stairs, and my legs are aching walking up the stairs, it eventually occurred to me, this is the pain that you have to pay to have the right to do what you love. You can't yeah. just you can't just have all the pleasure without pain. But the pain is sometimes so. If nice. you avoid pain, you are never going to achieve your goals. Yeah, and I know it's, it sounds like a small thing, but it's those little things that if you can overcome. A lot of the time, people don't do the things that they want to do not because of the grand scheme of the thing they actually want to do. It's about getting to the place. Mm-hmm. They just can't get themselves there. If you can get yourself to those places, gather the energy, the motivation to get yourself out of bed and to do the things you need to do, then eventually good things are going to happen. And they'll come when you least expect it. Most of the good stuff that's happened to me have happened when I least expected it. It's a sideball, always. Exactly. When I got onto my PhD, I didn't know how to get onto a PhD course. My now Steve, my supervisor, he just did a talk at the university I was at. And... Afterwards, my, my brain said, go to the, go to the drinks, to the post-talk drinks. Which and I went. no one ever goes to, right? No one goes to. No one ever goes to. I was the only student there. And all these lecturers, these professors who've been in their field for 30 years are having an interesting conversation that I can't merely contribute to, right? And they started talking about Instagram echo chambers, right? And like filter bubbles and shit. And I was like, oh, Instagram, let me show you how that works on Instagram, how people can fall in an echo chamber, right? And we had an interesting discussion because I, I took my opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then my supervisor was like, now email him because you've got an in now. Yeah. And I did. But that was all by just taking the opportunities as they came and just dealing with each situation and problem as they came. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how I was going to get funding for my PhD because there was no funding for what I wanted to do. But I remember in an email, Steve, no, Steve asked me, I sent Steve a, a proposal for my research. And then he just messaged me back saying, meet me in London next week. Really? Like, I'm doing a talk. Didn't say anything about my proposal. Sits me down after the talk and he just went, I like it. 
I like it. I think it's got legs. He's no, he said, this is the word he used. There's a kernel of a PhD project in here. I didn't know what kernel meant, right? <laughs> so after the, and, but I just went with it. And after the meeting, I Googled what a kernel is. And a kernel, if you don't know, is the, the pip inside of, not a pip, but the core of a popcorn, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I was like, okay, I see what he means now, right? And he said, but if you're willing to work with me, mm -hmm. we can look for opportunities and we'll work it out as we go along. Like and we that. did, and eventually we got funding. Mm -hmm. But if I had got disheartened in that moment, and I know people, I've actually had discussions with people who had similar situations where someone told them, oh, there's not really funding anymore for this project. So they just gave up. They didn't just go with it. Because then in their minds, the amount of work they had to put in, they did a cost-benefit analysis and the cost seemed way more than the potential benefit because they believed that the amount of work they were going to put in wouldn't have reaped the benefits. Because the benefits you get are always so far in advance. or you, Like you see the, the side balls that come in, you just don't see them. Yeah. You do. Okay, we use this example all the fucking time. Our comedy show, yeah. right? None of us knew how to do anything. No. But we ran with it. Let me tell you, there is like, if we actually did this by ourselves from scratch, yeah, without any help from anyone, we know, luckily we've got some amazing people around us that, you know, provide insights and, and help us with kind of like sound and things like that. We would be screwed, mm -hmm. but we learn as we go along and, you know, we just wrote our first contract, mm -hmm. right? We've, like we said last week, we've got an editor and these things are all coming together slowly. Just slowly. Working it out as we go along. Just working it out as you go along. Have there been times when I've done cost-benefit analysis of whether this is going to work or not? Yes, I have. Right, so put it in perspective. On our first comedy show, we were trying to work out how to record sound <laughs> while we had 100 people in the room <laughs> waiting for a comedy show to start. And we were fiddling around with the soundboard going, what's an XLR cable and where does it go? <laughs> We had no clue. We resorted to putting these mics onto the cords of the microphones in the hopes, in the mere hopes that it might record something. We didn't know if it was going to. We bought that. We didn't watch a tutorial on how to use it. Nah, not that. We bought it and we're like, okay, we've got it now. We just spent 250 quid on this. More actually. Yeah. Now what? <laughs> right? Well, um, no, we figure it out. That was a nice thing. But people are impressed by that. Yeah. And they help you. So a guy we work on One Minute Smoke with, Warren, he's got a good saying. He says, if your car breaks down, well, it's not his saying, but he said it to us and it hit home, right? If your car breaks down <laughs> yeah. on the motorway and you just sit in your car, no one is going to stop and help you get the car going. But uh -huh. if you get out the car and start pushing, people will start pulling over and help you push. I was pulling into the Shell petrol station and this is when the fuel prices just started going mad. Um, I was filling up the car, obviously, and this dude broke down outside the station and you could see that it was like he was across the road. So no cars could come either way. He's got this long, massive car and he was trying to move this hunk of metal by himself. I kid you not, people just pulled into the station and helped stopped. Him. Got out their cars, there was one person who just left it running. Got out their cars, ran over and tried to push this thing up the ramp. And that's a philosophy for life. Facts. If you start working, eventually people will appreciate your effort and say, do you know what? I can chime in here yep. because I happen to know about sound and I'll help you. Oh, you want to put on a comedy show? You have no clue what you're doing? I have a venue for you. Exactly. Don't have to pay me anything. I want to be involved.
partnership is key. No, it really is. Like genuinely, like you can do so much on it by yourself, but ultimately you've got the circle of individuals around you and that can be as small, as big as you want. Yeah, you have, I have different friends for different things, right? But there is always a core group of individuals in my life, you, Ali, and the selection of people that we, we spend time with. Um, and I also have other friends for other things. When we started One Minute Smoke, it was an idea I had in the university library one afternoon. And less than a year later, there is now, how many, let's count how many people are involved. Me, you, Ali, Warren, um, Anonymous, mm-hmm. um, Ari, mm-hmm. Warren. Mm-hmm. Junior has been in every episode. You've used Warren twice. No, I didn't. Yeah, you have. Me, you, Ali, one who should not be mentioned. Yep. Get our silent partner. Yep. Ari. Yep. Warren. Yep. Junior. Yep. Seven. Yep. Seven people who oh, are now... Pinty. Pinty. Eight people who are now emotionally invested into making this working. Yeah. And when they who, can't be there, they support us by providing individuals in the people's names that we can go and reach out to. We could literally have an office now and populate it with people who share the idea, yeah. who see something in it. You know what a payroll on seven people is? Like, actually, if you were to pay each other, like, if we had enough money in the bank and this was generating a huge amount of income. Yeah. Like, you're looking at almost like a quarter million in salary. Exactly. Like, that's a, that's a significant proportion. And everyone is doing this just out of the kindness of their own heart. At the moment. And that's just people who are just helping push the car. Yep. We still don't know what we're doing. Really and truly. We're still working out. We're still having sound issues. We're still learning. But we're open to people giving their opinions. Mm-hmm. At our comedy events, I've had people come up to me and be like, I want to chat to you about your own personal stuff. Oh, can we chat to you about this? Can we chat to you about that? Oh, I have a great idea. All sorts of things. People offering to make us stuff. The jumper you're wearing. Exactly. Wolf London, thank you very much for this. I appreciate you guys. This is coming, more is coming soon. This is all people who have seen what we're doing, appreciate it, and have helped us push the car along. Absolutely. And that's invaluable. But it would, if, we, if I had, when I initially had this idea, I'll tell you actually, I nearly did go down the wrong path because when I initially had this idea, I just wanted to pay you guys and I, I, I literally sat you, I sat you down. And I was like, listen, I want Ikati. Yeah. I, and I was like, I thought that in my head, I was like, they probably don't even want to be involved in this. So I'll just pay them like a, a fee that's probably underpriced, but enough to just cover their travel and stuff to be involved. But that wasn't sustainable. No. It's like the podcast, right? If we, if we got into a partnership where, you know, we're covering everything, one of us would sit here and go, it's too much. I... I counted how much fuel I've spent coming up to yours. Mm-hmm. I'd spent almost 1,500 pounds on fuel to get to your house to do this podcast. Well, that's because you have a stupid car. This is very true. Yeah. This is very, very true. Car. And the fuel prices on don't help. Yeah. But it was the only car that fit the stuff in. Mm-hmm. So it was like, what? I am, I'm in the area. Might as well make it happen. I'll firm the cost and we'll do it. And look where we are. Like, this is, this is brilliant. The TikToks that you are going to see coming out and the reels are insane in the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. for actually ongoing. It's incredible, mm-hmm. right? But it doesn't, it starts with people just getting involved 
helping each other and ultimately like just removing ego from the equation. Mm -hmm. But as we as we have done previously, we fight. Mm -hmm. We fight, we bottle it up and it comes out on the podcast. Makes for great content, mm -hmm. great content. Ali hates it, but it doesn't matter. And you know what? At the end of the day, am I still going to show up to a smoke session? Yes. Am I still going to turn up to a comedy show? Yes. And if mm -hmm. I'm not there, I will put you in touch with someone that can fulfill my position. Mm -hmm. Facts. Because I am invested in what we do. And sure, it doesn't move as fast as a, a normal business would. But we are not building software. We are mm -hmm. doing something creative. We are, we are finding... We have to tap into human DNA, which I guess you could do with software. But we have to tap into things people dislike and dislike. It's not a service that we provide. And maybe, maybe that's something that we need to look at. But what we do is difficult. What we do is hard, and there's no beating around that bush. What you do to get up on stage and make, you know, 150 people laugh, and it's difficult. I can make one person laugh. I can make two people laugh, maybe. Maybe five on a good day. You, categorically... Five, five yeah, just a bit of it. Five's a bit, I made, I made people laugh. Okay. I, I make people laugh. Yeah. My team at work, I make them laugh. Yeah. You do it to 150 people, 200 people, consistently. Even when it's a hard crowd, and I've seen you do a hard crowd. Ali, as much as I don't see the vision sometimes, because I'm not as creative as he is, the man has a vision. The man has vision. Yeah. But you just need to accept it and just roll with it. He is ugly, though. Oh, come on. Don't cuss him. Let him fight for his moment. He's the, most, he's the best looking ugly person I've ever seen. Because he's actually, on paper, he's ugly, but he's good looking. It's so no, bizarre. No, Ali's good looking. No, he's ugly, but he's Look, good looking. He's, he's good looking. I've put a lot of thought into this. Really? You sit yeah, there? Yeah, he's ugly. Do you sit there and just meditate on it and just, just think? He's made ugly work. Jack Harlow made ugly work. Jack Harlow. Jack is Harlow a, made ugly work. Jack Harlow is a man who's just made it work. Jack Harlow has no business being a successful rapper. He's from a middle-class family. And if you've seen videos, have you seen those videos of him in high school? <laughs> he was butters, yeah? He was a tap little, you know those kids who like played like Yu-Gi-Oh in the corner? Yeah, right? No him. one ever heard Facts. from him, right? Probably really good at maths, right? No business, but his glow up. On real scenes. And do you know why? Because he knew he had something. He knew, I bet you everyone he went to high school with is like, yeah, like he was just there, sat in the back. He was kind of, kind of weirdly funny at times. Didn't really know he did music. And now look at him, oh, chilling with Drake on yachts, making wicked music. On I, unreal, unreal music at this point in time. Sure, Jack, it's getting a little bit Drakey. Jack but... Harlow's sex appeal, and I, I spoke to a few women about this. But it's like, what is? I asked a few girls at a comedy show the other night. It's like, what is it about Jack Harlow that makes him so appealing to? Because he's not exactly an Armani model, is he? And they say it's his confidence within himself. He's unapologetic about who he is. And that makes him attractive to people. That's why I listen to his I really respect his music because it's unapologetically him. He's not trying to be someone else. He's being him. He's being him and he's letting you know how proud of it he is of himself in his music. He's, he's had an incredible glow up in the last, last year. It's really impressive. And it's not... He hasn't... At least I feel he hasn't fallen into the algorithm. He isn't, he isn't making music for TikTok. He's making music for Instagram. He has a sound. 
he, he's just got a sound. There is a Jack Harlow sound. Yeah. Now. And sure, maybe it wasn't what it was, but he's refining his craft. Yeah. And he's our age, right? He's 25, I think. He's 25. He's yeah. your age. Yeah, he's my age, yeah. Almost my age, yeah. Very impressive. I forget how old I am. Very impressive because there wasn't a prayer from it for him when he was a kid. But he just kept, kept chugging along. Kept tinkling away. I like his, I, I do like what he's doing. It's very impressive. And that goes, if there's, I don't know what the, if there's any like young people listening to this podcast. You know for a fact there is. Yeah. If you're thinking that there's a, um, you want to do something, but it's not for you, make it for you. There's people out there who are exactly like you, who want to hear from you. If you're the, if you're the weird kid who loves Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon, look at Logan Paul. Man just bought a five million exactly. dollar you Pokemon card. Make what you like cool. And I know I, I bang on about Kanye West a lot about this on this podcast, but rappers were not wearing Ralph Lauren polos and skinny jeans before Kanye West with red ba- bad pa- backpacks and red trainers. And backpack game. He made that cool. People love individuality, especially in UK and American culture. If you're true to yourself, you, there is an audience out there for you. There's a lot of people out there who feel exactly how you there's do. eight billion people. There's going to be at least a couple million that you like the same things you do. You don't need to make eight billion people love you to have a career. Nope. You, at, to you, be honest, in a lot of cases, you only need a few thousand people. You, scientifically proven, you only need a thousand. Well, there you go. If you have a thousand people, if you have a Patreon, right? Yep. If a thousand people sign up to your Patreon at $5 a month, you have a great career. Yeah. If yeah, you baby. can get 1,000 people to buy into who you are, and it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be excruciating. It's going to be hard. And it's going to take a lot of time and effort. You have a career. And there's people who want to hear from you. I don't care who you are. £5,000 a month. This is kind of a weird example. But even extremists get a following. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I wish I could clip that up. Even extremists. I can't. Even extremists. It's it's messed up, but they do. There's like, that's emotional manipulation and it's terrible, obviously. But there's there's people out there who want to hear from you. That's nuts. I cannot believe you read that just. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Even extremists. I'm done. I'm done. How can you say? <laughs> You've been doing this PhD for too long. I feel like there's a good stand-up comedy joke in there. There is. Yeah, there one hundred percent is. One thousand percent. Fucking extremists have a flurry. <laughs> just how bad you do? Just chill it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm done. You need to. You need to turn that into something. That's good, isn't it? That's good. I feel like we just touched on something. Yeah. <laughs> that may even make me or break me, that line, isn't it? Oh my God. People, people are going to laugh nervously. People are even going to love, love that and see I'm joking. Don't cancel me. I'm joking. But people don't get that sometimes. Yeah. It's like they watch the podcast or like you meet new people and they go, oh, what do you do? And so I put this like spiel that I reel off. And tailor it to every individual, depending on what they like and what they dislike. But 
I always have to like put the caveat in. It's like, what we do is entertainment, yeah? Very much ourselves. We're very, very much, this is who we are. Like you'll see varieties of us when we're around different people, but sure, that's just us around individuals. But we are very true to our core on this podcast. Yeah. Very true to our core and everything, everything that we put out. But I always have to put the caveat in. It's like, it is entertainment. Yeah, this is an enhanced version of ourselves. No, this isn't a reflection. This isn't a TED Talk. No, nah, this is not a TED Talk. Sometimes we get TED Talks. Sometimes. Sometimes. If you're coming to this podcast for your latest information about the scientific world and the current events of the world, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. Except, except, except when Musunya Salada goes into PhD Musunya Salada. And no, even then there's better people. Misinformation. And no, even then don't listen to me. I'll, if, if you want to hear about that, I'll send you some people. There's better people, trust me. I'll send you their papers. Self-confidence. No, trust me, there's better people. <laughs> there's way better people. <laughs> I just thought of at least five. <laughs> Off the top of my head. Would you like to direct them to those people? No, after what I said, they probably don't want <laughs> They probably don't want their names attached to this. After what I just said. There is a follow. Person, you need, to, you need to use that. Oh, that's funny. Oh, God. But Jack Harlow. Yeah, <laughs> but, but Jack Harlow has a following. No, you only need a thousand... Uh, you only need a thousand people to buy everything that you, everything that you put out. Mm-hmm. Patreons, merch, blah, 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 courses. And you can sustain a very, very comfortable lifestyle exactly. off of that. And we live in the age where it's possible. You know, 20 years ago... No, not 20 years ago. Maybe 30 years ago, that's slightly different. But... I mean, if you're doing stuff, you might as well document it. And if you are open to the opportunity, make money off of it. Yeah, at the end of the day, everyone has the same 24 hours in a day. I'm joking. I think they do, but... They Someone don't. commented on our YouTube. He was like, we all have the same 24 hours. But that doesn't mean... we. St- oh, I can't remember. It's like, we don't, we don't start at the same level. Well, there's a difference between equality and equity. True. It- what do you believe is better, equity or equality? Equity. Okay. <sighs> In, in, an, in, in a world operated on just equality, right? And this ain't the case for you and I. But let's say my parents are bankers. Yeah. Right? Got a trust fund. Mm-hmm. Went to a private school. Um, best shooters. Um, I had an army of people making me my breakfast, lunch, dinner every day. Right? That wasn't the case. But let's... Hypothetical. And you grew up, single parent, struggled for everything you had. Went to a terrible school. Right? In an equal world, we have the same ladder, mm-hmm. but my ladder's a little bit longer. In an equity world, you have a bigger ladder. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. It's like the it's the image of the the three people watching mm-hmm. the baseball game, right? One's got two boxes, one's got one box, depending on their different heights. Mm-hmm. I debate about this internally a lot. I'm like, we all strive for equity. Well, we want to strive for equity. It's not going to be perfect. Nah, but. If we can get to equality, it's a good stepping stone to make things better. But we always end up in equality. We never end up in equity. No, we don't. Because no one wants to give up more than they have. Exactly. Because we live in a capitalistic world, human DNA, blah, 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 blah. I don't don't know the exact figures on this, so I'm paraphrasing, right? But I believe if everyone was to live at the same standard of living that you and I have, Mm -hmm. the mid-average middle-class person in the United States and the United Kingdom, right? We would need something like three and a half worlds of natural resources. That's nuts. Something like that. That's not the exact number, right? But it's it's ballpark. Two and a half, three and a half, something like that. Are you going to give up 
your comforts? No, I wouldn't want to. It's hard. It's very difficult. It's there hard. are some people in this world that would. And maybe at one point in time I did, but I look at my life now, I look at the trajectory I want to take, and I'm going to use every inch of what I have the ability to use to, to get me to that point and to help the people that I, want to, I choose to help to get to that point as well. But it's also not that simple at the same time. So people say, you know, when you hear these figures, like X amount of money would end um, world hunger tomorrow. Yeah. It's not about the money. It's the systems in place of how that money yeah. gets funneled and the support systems in place for where that money goes. It's like Elon. Not adequate. It's not the money, it's the systems. It's like Elon and his... Um, exactly, that's what I was referring billion. to. That is ridiculous. It's, it's great. It's ridiculous to think eight billion pounds is going to end world hunger because it's not about the money, it's about ha what happens with that money and, and how it it's goes. operated. You donate to a charity, right? How much of your money actually goes to the cause you think you're donating for? Admin fees, this fee, that fee, that fee. Things get, by the time your money gets, probably only like 10% of your donation probably gets to buying the mosquito net or something like that. And that's why crypto helps. <laughs> I'll weave it in anywhere. You're, you are right. It is the system. It, it is the systems in place. It is how the money is utilized mm -hmm. and the way it gets to that point. Because you could probably, like you said, you look at it. And ultimately 0% of your donation ends up going to where it needs to go. A lot of those countries that struggle with food shortages mm -hmm. they have some of them will have extremely corrupt governments who won't use the money correctly do you see what i'm saying yeah all the entities that are providing the monies and circumnavigating the governments end up profiteering off that themselves mm -hmm. that is one of the biggest issues i have with charities it's like i would love to donate but don't i don't know, know where, where my money's, money's going. going like i don't physically know if that money's gonna end up in the right place. Which is why, like I'd love to start my own charity. I'd love to do, I'd love to do philanthropy when I'm older if I have that possibility, when I have that possibility, not if. Because I don't trust, I don't trust them. Is it him? Is it Ali? Should we face, should I? Yeah, go on, FaceTime. He just called me. Mine's not gonna connect you, I'm calling him. Yeah, of course. Man like owls. What is he we, Do you need to no, reset we got this? We've got plenty of time. Plenty of time. <laughs> was that was that the missus? Why'd you call her missus? Um I don't know. What's up? What do you mean? Have I given you two different ones? I think I've given you two different road mics. Gonna have to use the. You just got to look on the internet. I am so sorry. My apologies. I will double check next time. Safe. You're on camera. Oh, he's gone.
He's gone. So you know how we said we're still working out? This is prime example. Of how things go wrong all the time. People don't realise when you start projects, right? Even podcasts, like small podcasts like this, right? That's nuts. It's so hard to do a podcast, by the way. It is so hard to put together a podcast. There's your every day we put out mini fires. That's the first time that's ever happened. Did you make a mistake? Yeah. Put your hand out. Naughty boy. And I firmed it. I firmed it when I said to him when we left. I was like, it's me. What do you expect? Oh my God. You silly boy. Ali. When you watch this, I am so sorry. You're disgusting. I am. I apologize so much. This is not. This is not me. I, I accept responsibility for this, and I will cover any costs involved. That's messed up. Twist your nipple as an apology. Pierce my nipple. Twist. No, I'm not twisting my nipples. Mm. My nipples are nice. I don't want to just get them like yours. Those are like chocolate cum cookies. What's your biggest fear? My biggest fear. With this project. Which one? Or just everything that we do everything together? Everything compiled. I fear we won't live up. To, I fear we'll take too long that we won't live up to our expectations of what it can be. What do you mean we'll take too long? There are times when I've said things like five months ago that are now being implemented. Yeah. And I accept the fact. Like editing. Like editing. Right? Yeah, that's taken way too long. Yeah. I accept the fact that it's us going on a journey. Mm -hmm. I can do everything so fast. I can get it done, but we're doing this together. Mm -hmm. So I, there are certain things that I do and there's certain things you do, certain things that Ali do. Ali, Ali, Ali wanted this set up from the jump. Mm -hmm. And I, was, I just didn't see the vision. So it's taken us six months to get to here. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it's like, I would want to outsource everything that we do. And I'm sure this conversation you will have with me and you and Annie will have with me in six months and be like, Viraj, can we, can we find a way to do this? And I'll go, sure. But it's us going on the journey together. And I just feel that if we are slowly getting faster at it, like the time periods when I say something or when you say something and it gets done, are slowly getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So instead of it being six months, it's three months, three months to two months, two months to one month, one month to one week. I'm just afraid that if we continue, if we were to continue at the pace we did when we started, we would be doing this for like 10 years and we would be where we are now. Mm -hmm. That was what I was most afraid of when we started. Because I, think... I see the vision and you deal with the comedy. Mm -hmm. And I bring you, I, I say I, I bring you along for the ride in terms of seeing the vision and then we tweak it. Because it's not just my vision. There's three of us involved. More can be added. And it's managing those visions together. It's managing expectations. Like there are certain things that I will go and be like, Mus, not yet, not yet. When I know it's possible, it's just, it's not right for that moment. Yeah. Or you'll say something to me and be like, hey, can we do this? And I'll be like, um, and you'll go, can we do it? Can we do it? Can we do it? And you'll pester me and pester me and pester me. And I'll go, fine, I'll get it done. We need a sound engineer. Usually that would have taken, you know, three weeks to try and set up a call. Now it's, Viraj, we need a sound engineer. Listen, say no more, I'm on it. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was always afraid when we started this that it was going to take too long. I always believe that our content will be the most scalable thing that we can do, mm -hmm. right? Adding more people in, not turning it into the sidemen or turning it into whatever, uh, Nelk Boys, 
But having our own version of that, right? You know, beta squads and all of this lot, they're great at what they do. There is a certain, there's certain people in the UK that admire it, that relate to it. There are certain people that would relate to us and what we do. Mm -hmm. It would just be a different sort of people. So I was always afraid that ultimately we wouldn't get to our checkpoints fast enough. That's what I was afraid of first. Now, it's more so, we'll get bored mm -hmm. and forget to innovate and forget to do things differently. Like ultimately it turns into a business, yeah? I, I deal with that vision and that thing and that side of things in terms of like, you know, finding a way to make things financially viable and do things in a way that, you know, all of us are involved and have equity. And they're hard conversations. Mm -hmm. Because if it, was a, if it was a partner, you know, someone that you didn't have a relationship with, you know, sometimes it's easier. Now it's not. Now I, I'm your friend, so we have to go, sometimes we have to silo it and I go, this is Viraj business talking, this is, I do, and then there's Viraj the friend talking. Mm -hmm. And if, if we don't innovate and we don't do those things, we will just be stagnant. And I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want that for us. This isn't a me thing. It's for us. I, is, I am one person involved in this wider thing now. Mm -hmm. What about you? The second one. Second one. About stagnating. I think... It sucked that we didn't, we didn't do three weeks worth, right? Stagnating. We didn't get it fast enough. It's like yeah. it felt it was like chugging and like rolling back. and It was frustrating. I think for a clean break before the next one minute smoke, mm. we should have three one minute smoke episodes edited before yeah. 28th of May. Yeah. So the one that we're working on right now, the most recent one, and the one where Josh Bethany are the Indian guy one. Yep. Have those three done, ready to go out before the 28th of May. And that's not just full content, that's everything involved. So that we've way, got three months lead. Yeah, and that way, we don't have a, a backlog of editing. Mm -hmm. And after the 28th of May show, we can just send what we're done recording. Literally the very next day, we transfer straight off to Ari. Yep. To edit. Done and dusted. Because we're now we because we've done so many shows, we have the financial resources to do it. And we don't have to we don't we've got this to a place now, thankfully, where we don't have to put personal money into this, which is great. Pays for itself. And that's a great position to be in. Not mm -hmm. everyone gets to that as fast as we do. Mm -hmm. But you might as well make use of those resources. I'm mm -hmm. sure we don't put any money out. But if we wanted to, we could pull our initial investments. Mm -hmm. And everything else is just, it pays for itself. Yeah. And sure, we'll have to add things in. Yeah. But for the time being, it works. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. The show is a part of this wider, wider thing that this can become. And it's constantly about you know, finding new ways to do things. Whether it's... Um, concepts that you come up with that we were talking about off camera, whether it's, you know, the, the merch and the meta stuff that I talk about. Ultimately, we, we've got, it doesn't cost a lot. We'll trial it, see how it goes. And if it doesn't work, fine. We're just too early to it for us. Wait a couple of months, wait a couple of years, try it again. And on that note, are you watching it or did you feel it? Felt it. What was that? That was 56 minutes. Round it off. May 28th, next one minute smoke. Come along if you know what's good for you. Otherwise, I will come to your house and headbutt your dog. Are we going for a, just, a, just a clean bite? We're on everything. Just absolutely everything. Come and watch us. Come and, come and play with us if you want to play with us. Don't play with a us. A bit weird. A little bit weird. Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Spotify. We have videos on Spotify if you didn't know. 
and if you if you don't watch this on Spotify, or you don't listen to this on Spotify, it, when Apple Music decides to release, really, Apple Podcast decides to release videos, we will be on Apple Podcast as well. And if we're not, personally call me if you can find my number and I'll get it on there for you. I will personally send you a text message, all right? Enjoy yourselves. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And Smoke Sessions, we out.